Why do so many people wish they would have started earlier when it comes to their money? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Money Talk with Skylar Fleming, guiding you through the maze of your money. Let's get talking. In today's episode, we're diving into the crucial topic of financial organization with Kari Polishek. Join us as Kari unveils the timeless advantages of starting early on your financial journey and explores the ease of building rather than breaking financial habits. We'll discuss the practical steps to organizing your money, from budgeting essentials to the power of saving first, to leveraging why workplace benefits can provide you with a great head start. We're also going to discuss the valuable insights that technology can bring when you use it wisely and why being financially organized can transform emergencies into mere inconveniences. Whether you're a financial novice or a seasoned pro, this episode is going to have some great takeaways for you. And it's going to be a really great one for you to listen to and especially to share with a friend and have a money talk from today's episode. So if you've ever wondered the significance of time in financial planning, strategies to kickstart your money organization, and the role of technology in managing it effectively... Don't miss today's insightful conversation. Today's episode is going to help you gain practical wisdom and set yourself on the path to a lifetime of financial success. The money talking points for today's episode are, where do you feel you should be with your money? And two, where do you feel like you're lacking control with your money? With those money talking points in mind, let's get right into today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's interview on Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. I'm joined here by Kari. And Kari, would you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, good morning. Say, so I'm Kari Palashik, and I am the financial advisor and owner of Adaptive Financial Design. I have been in the finance industry since uh, the good year of 2007 and just recently opened my own practice. Uh, before I jump in, I just want to say that the information that I'm about to share is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration you, the listeners, personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. Uh, to determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. So I had to get that out there. No, you're good. Every, yeah. every, hopefully everyone knows, but if they've been listening to Money Podcasts for any sort of time, you hear that all the time, so yep. no problem there. But I'm excited for our conversation today. The episode is centered around you're an adult now. This is for people who are maybe just getting started. And you often hear people say, oh, I'm an adult now. Now I got to do things like taxes and stuff that I've never been taught before. But we're going to kind of teach them a little bit about it and getting started early and the benefit of it. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it. How beneficial is time when it comes to organizing your money early? Oh, it's super beneficial. So adulting is hard, as we all know. Um, and I want to first start out by saying that it's never too late. So if you're older, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up. But time is important. And it is important to start early. The earlier you start, the more time you have on your side to save. Um, so potentially, the more you know lucrative your investments could become. You also are able to build financial habits earlier. So it's easier to build financial habits than to break bad ones. Mm. Um, that's really important and really key with people because as you get later on in life, maybe you come to some milestones such as having children, buying a home, getting married. All those things can kind of put a wrench in your financial plan. Um, so building those financial habits early will help you get through some of those milestones. 
Yeah, that totally makes sense. I like what you said about the things that throw a wrench in people's finances anyways. Yeah. Make it really hard to kind of get started where you should be if you're already well off track. I think that that resonates with me because you, if you get started earlier, it's easier to take those uh, bumps in the road, so to speak. It really is. It really is. And just, you know, having, it's easier to form a habit when you're younger, right? Your brain is already mm-hmm. developing, especially even, you know, after college, you're probably new to everything. So that's the best time to start, you know, putting your finances front and center. And then that way, when anything comes up, you already have a plan in place. You already know what you're going to do and how to pivot. Yeah. Have a plan in place before bumps happen. That makes it way easier to go through them. Yeah. How do people start with this organizing? We say start early, get it going. Where do they where do they actually start or what do they need to do? Yeah. So I'm going to say a word. Um, You're probably not going to like it. And I know budgeting isn't sexy, but it is something that you should do right off the bat. And it is something to not even help you reduce your, you know, maybe what your spend expenditures are. But it's also helpful to get a overview of what you are spending to see what you can save. It also, when I work with people, it helps us determine what does retirement look like for you, right? Because different people live different lifestyles. So go through, you can use a free app if you want, like mint.com or anything like that, and just kind of see what you're spending. This can be eye-opening as well, because maybe you're like, wow, I did not realize I was spending so much money eating out. Or, wow, look at all these subscriptions I have, and I only use Netflix. Um, Mm -hmm. So it can be helpful there as well, but at least that'll help you determine how much you have in your budget to save. I also say, let's save first, right? So the same thing with how you pay your bills, where we say, take that money out of your paycheck right away. Make that a priority when you're saving. Take that money out immediately to start investing ahead of, you know, maybe going out to eat or buying yourself new clothes or something like that. Make sure that saving is a priority. Yeah, absolutely. And my recommendation when people, when you see them, like maybe flinch a little when you mention the word budgeting, yeah. I even say just start with tracking. Even mm-hmm. even that's a great start. Like maybe you don't need to be yes. allocating all your money right out the gate, but just seeing where it's going is going to motivate you to want to allocate it. Because when you realize how much you're actually spending on fast food, you're going to be like, I don't want to do that. And that's when budgeting Correct. becomes easier. Knowledge is power. And it's not something you have to do forever. Just Mm -hmm. like if you were building healthy eating habits and you were maybe going to track your calories and your macros, it isn't something that you necessarily need to do forever, but it's something to get you started and help you understand where your money is going so you can make changes if Mm -hmm. you want to. Yeah, it gets you started. You don't have to do it. If if you really hate it, it's okay. Like there's, There's plenty of other options that we can figure out and that you can do to manage your money. It's really not that challenging. Sometimes you just got to bite the bullet though on the beginning stages and just get it going. Absolutely. And even, you know, the first place to start, I always tell people is even if you don't want to track your expenses or you don't want to budget, likely through your job, you probably have a 401k or an Mm -hmm. employer sponsored plan. At least take advantage of the employer match, right? That's free money. So you don't want to give that up. So contribute up to the employer match, if nothing else. Now, Certainly, I recommend contributing more if you can. I think the the general rule is 20% of your income should be contributed towards retirement. Mm -hmm. So you can build from there, right? You don't have to start with 20%. Start tracking your budget 
and start with that 3% or whatever your employer matches and then try to build every month, add a percentage every month until you get to 20%. Um, or if you start, if you get promotions or a raise, put that money aside towards your saving rather than spending that money. That's a really great way to do it too because you're not even gonna necessarily notice a difference because you already have been living off that smaller amount. Put that extra mm -hmm. money aside towards your saving. You can also invest in a Roth IRA. That's really great and helpful for somebody just starting out too because you're likely in a lower tax bracket now than what you will be later on in life. Yeah, and I think something that's awesome, my last podcast episode, I'm, I mentioned how if you mention the word 401k, employer match is closely behind it. Correct. Everyone mentions it every single time. And that's because it's such an easy and big deal. And honestly, it's a small step to get started, which leads us perfectly into our next question about what are some of those small steps people can take to get organized with their money? Yeah, so using the 401k is great. Oftentimes people are too like, well, what do I invest in? I don't know what to invest in. Um, so using a target date fund can be a good way to start as well. Just because you're already invested, you have an asset allocation there built out for you. So a target date fund will take into consideration what year you, you, know, you plan to retire. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes they can be a little bit skewed on the conservative side, and maybe they're a little bit more expensive than some of the other funds. But if you really don't know what you're doing, that's a great place to start. There are a lot of really good resources, too. If you want to do you know, some of your own research, you can look online. There's podcasts. There's books that can help you out. But if it's not something you want to do either, you can always seek the help of a professional. Um, some of the other things I say, you know, save first, of course. I mentioned this before. Put this money from your paycheck first before you start spending on fast mm -hmm. food or vacations, anything like that. Make sure that, you know, saving for retirement is a priority. Also, having financial goals, and it doesn't have to be retirement, right? So think about what you want for your life. So do you want to purchase a home? Do you want to purchase a vacation home? Do you want to get a new car? Any of those things are financial goals. If you have a financial goal, it's easier for you to save for that because you can see it, you can feel it, you can understand it. So make sure that you have your financial goals. That way, when you're putting that money aside, it doesn't feel so painful because you're, you're saying, hey, this money is going towards that future home rather mm -hmm. than I'm just putting this money aside and I don't necessarily understand why I'm doing it. Yeah, have those goals in place. And I like how you said they don't necessarily have to only be for retirement. Yeah. Maybe your goal can honestly be even smaller than your small steps. It can just be like set up direct deposit at work so you stop Correct. getting paid on that debit card that you go spend immediately. Yeah. Setting up direct deposit, I think, is one of the one of the things that I think people underestimate because direct deposits become pretty commonplace. But it's it's pretty cool because then you can put money directly into your 401k, directly into a separate savings account. Like there's a lot of a lot of easy things that you can get just with some simple automation. Yeah, like it's that. like the easy button, right? Out of mm -hmm. sight, out of mind. It's something that once you set up, it's set it and forget it. You don't have to, you know, every month remember to transfer that money over or mm -hmm. remember how much you're you're putting in there. It's already done for you. So I agree with you, Skylar. Direct deposit is the way to go. Yeah, and it also it falls in line with what you said about increasing your retirement percentage. One of my favorite books, The Automatic Millionaire, talks about how that percentage isn't going to be missed. And I would even say, like, once you get a little comfortable and organized with your money, if you have your percentages all lined up, where you have your retirement and your savings set apart, and then you have just some coming to your checking account, 
I even like there's the anti-budget approach where you have that money left over and then you're just okay with spending that amount. So if you set up automation in your life that you know your other boxes are being checked, just spend the rest of the money. You'll be you'll be fine. Right. As long as you have your percentages set up, like you mentioned, that's another way to do it as well. Um, just make sure that you're setting that up ahead of time. And mm -hmm. then anything you have left over is, you know, free for you to spend. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is hard to say for me. Like I, I love spending money and looking at the numbers and stuff, but like really, if you hate budgeting, the, mm -hmm. the whole anti-budget approach of only give yourself the amount you want to spend and then just spend it is you'll be fine. You'll be yeah. okay. And I love that. You can back awesome. into it. Does technology offer disorganization or can it be used to manage our money? Well, or people just more disorganized than ever because of all our tech pro products and stuff? Or what is your thought on using tech I mean, to get organized? I mean, possibly just think how long it took us to actually get on this this podcast here. Yeah. No, I, I'm a big proponent of technology. I think it's really great and really helpful. With that being said, you know, there's something to be said about putting, you know, pen to paper too. Mm -hmm. So when I was just starting out, that's how I used to do my budget. I used to just write down because it really, the amount of work I put into it, I was like, man, I see exactly where all my money is going. Uh, but you don't have to use that. There's certainly lots of apps out there. There's software out there that can help you model what it looks like. If you're saving a certain percentage, how much will you have for retirement? I mean, there's a ton of really useful tools out there. Just make sure that you're using something that's rather simplistic, right? You don't want to overcomplicate mm -hmm. it. You don't want to over-engineer it and have 15 different programs. You're going to end up spending too much time thinking about it rather than if you had, you know, maybe one or three systems that you're using to kind of track your money. Even an Excel spreadsheet can be super helpful just because you're putting in your money, you're understanding where it's going. That's the most important and crucial thing is understand where your money is going. Yeah, I think technology will disorganize us when you have every yeah. single different account has a different app that you're checking all the time. You never really know where your money is because you're looking at all these different apps and it's hard to do that much math in your head is all I yeah. have to say. <laughs> if you can consolidate it, and that's why I suggest using, you know, and again, I'm not saying Mint is the only app out there, but something that pulls all the accounts into one spot, one central hub, um, that can be helpful for to you too, because then you can track all your balances of all your accounts and you can see all your expenditures in one spot. So definitely maybe using something as a consolidation method is helpful. Mm -hmm. Again, could be pencil and paper, could be Excel, could be Mint or a similar product. Yeah, there's a lot of things out there. You, It's really simple to search for it and there's a lot of different I honestly think every credit union and bank probably offers something yes. like it in their app where you can connect all your other accounts because they want to keep you in their app. Yep. So you're going to be able to find options pretty easily if you just look for them. They want to see all your other assets. Mm -hmm. I also think even, you know, if you log into your 401k, they often to have tools, too, where you can say, OK, hypothetically, if I save six percent of my salary in 20 years, what is my account balance? I think that's helpful, too, because you can see like okay, this is how my money is going to grow, right? It can be either really eye-opening or it can be um, great or bad, right? You can see mm -hmm. like, hey, this is wonderful. I'm going to have enough money to retire or, oh man, I need to bump up my percentage here of contribution because I'm not going to have enough, right? So a tool like that can be super helpful for you as well when you're looking at saving. Yeah. And whether it's whether it's good or bad, I think once you see that number and start mm -hmm. to see those numbers come together, 
it's just ultimately motivating because either you're like, yes, we're on track and we're doing it right. Or you say, oh, we're not. And then that lights a little bit of a fire under you. So right, getting organized in that way shift. can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. How does, how does organization help in times of emergency? If everything's going wrong, how can, how can maybe having all your accounts in one place be helpful or all these other ways we're talking about getting started? Yeah, so just think of how stressful it can be when an emergency pops up. Maybe your car breaks down, your roof springs a leak, something like that. The last thing you want to think about is where am I going to get the money from, mm-hmm. right? So having that emergency fund set aside, and that's something that you know I talk about with my clients, is having three to six months worth of expenses set aside for an emergency. So how do you even know what your expenses are if you're not tracking mm-hmm. your expenses? How do you know what you spend in a month, right? So making sure you're understanding what three to six months worth of expenses is and then setting that money aside in an emergency fund. That way, when your car does break down and it will or something happens, you know Mm -hmm. exactly where to go to get those funds. And it's one less thing to think about. Um, Always having a resource to tap into. And we talk about worst case scenarios in financial planning always because you should plan for the worst and expect the best. Right. Mm -hmm. So. We plan for what if, you know, this happens and this happens and we build out those scenarios and then we hope that it doesn't. But when something then trivial happens, it makes it less of a big deal. And the last thing you're worried about is money, right? You can worry about getting that fixed, you know, getting quotes, whatever you need to do to kind of move forward. So always recommend having an emergency fund set aside as well as, you know, worst case scenario, what am I going to do? How am I going to tap into my funds? Yeah, I like to say that when you have like a real emergency fund in place, it ter- it makes people realize that so many things aren't really emergencies. But Correct. if you don't know where your money is, everything's an emergency. Like your, your TV going out is a major emergency because now you can't watch anything, but it's three or four hundred dollars. When in reality, three or four hundred dollars isn't that much money if you need to mm-hmm. go buy a TV. And then you have that savings there. It just makes it makes you a whole lot more comfortable when little things happen. Absolutely. Reduces your stress. It does. So why do people tend to do, why do people tend to avoid managing their money? We've listed some great reasons of yeah. why you should get started, why it's important, how it helps you during emergency. Why, why don't people do this? Um, I think ignorance is bliss, right? So money is very personal. I had a mentor once tell me that finances are as personal as your dirty laundry. So imagine having a stranger mm-hmm. go through your dirty laundry, right? That's, that's pretty embarrassing. And so I think money and finances are kind of the same thing. So people, you know, feel like they should innately know how to do finances, even though it's something that they're not taught. And that's not the case. So I think, you know, that can be a hurdle for people is just, hey, I don't know. Most people don't know. And that's okay. So you can either Mm -hmm. listen to a podcast, read a book meet with a financial professional, any of those things can help you kind of right your ship, right? Um, Also learning from past mistakes. So I think sometimes people get tripped up and if they make a, you know, a bad financial decision, they're stuck on that forever and they beat themselves up. Don't beat yourself up. Everybody makes financial mistakes. Just use it as a learning experience. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes I see people too that keep repeating the same financial mistakes So whether it be they invested all their money in, you know, one stock and they lost all their money. So 
then they decide they're going to do it again with a different stock. I mean, learn from your mistake that asset allocation would probably be more beneficial. And if you want to invest in one stock because you truly believe in it, that's okay. Just don't use all of your money, Mm -hmm. right? Only use what you feel like you can lose. So those are some of the reasons why I feel like people don't get started or it's just it's too much to think about. Right. It's too big of a problem. Retirement is too far away. Um, But that's why you should start. Retirement is far away and it's going to be far easier if you start now than if you start 10 years from now. It's better to do it now and do it in baby steps than be, you know, five years from retirement and say, hey, I haven't even started yet. And then, you know, how does retirement look if you haven't started yet? Probably not great. Um, So just something to kind of baby step into. Implement those small, healthy habits right away and then continue to build on there. It's easier than overhauling everything later on in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, compound interest calculators can be motivational no matter where you are, because if like like we're saying, if you're further down the line, it's going to help light that fire under you. But if you're in your 20s or younger, a motivate or a motivational calculator. Now, a compound interest calculator is going to really show you all the time you have and how just putting that little bit away is all you Absolutely. need. Absolutely. And if you're saving monthly or even bi-monthly, um, you know you're going to take advantage of market lows. It's mm-hmm. so hard to time the market; it's nearly impossible. Um, but if you are investing, just you know, every month, every two weeks that can really help your strategy as well because the market is cyclical. It's going to be up and it's going to be down and you're going to have the time to invest in a lot of down markets if you're investing, you know, 24 times a year over 20 years. Just think Mm -hmm. about all the times that the market is potentially down in in those times. And, you know, when the market's down, I know it's maybe a little bit counterintuitive, but that is the best time to Mm -hmm. invest because things are on sale. So, when you see the market go down, maybe if you have some extra cash flow, you know, it would be a good time to put it in the market. Yeah, I heard someone jokingly say, talking about all time lows in the stock market, how that, that doesn't really happen. You always hear about all time highs. While it does go down in yep. between those points, it's always coming back up and setting on all time high. So it yep. it's going to get there. Buy it while it's on sale. That's an it awesome, is. awesome tip. If you take yep. nothing away from this podcast, just buy the stock market when it's on sale. Buy it on sale. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining that. That is all of our questions. If you have anything else you'd like to add, feel free. But other than that, where can people find you or learn more about what you do? Yeah. So you can find me on my website, uh, www.adaptivefinancialdesign.com. I have a link on there. If you'd like to reach out and schedule a conversation, always happy to discuss finances. Financial planning is my passion. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining. This was a fun conversation. All right. Thanks so much, Skylar. Thank you so much to Kari for coming on today's episode. I want to now share a little bit of how I think today's conversation can impact you and impact me and impact everyone listening to today's Money Talk. First, I want to start off with the power of starting early. The power of starting early really, I think, is underestimated. Because if you start early, you have so much time in your favor. When you start early, you allow compound interest and that growth to really work for you. You allow that engine to get going. Have you ever noticed how fast you can spin a bicycle tire when it's in that highest gear? Time is that highest gear. Sure, when you're first starting out, it's hard to get that lever moving and hard to get money saved because you feel like you just don't have enough. But once you get that money in, it starts moving, it gets a little easier 
And then you're making these big, big motions with the wheel and it just keeps moving faster and faster. And that's because once you get that money in and working, time really helps just push it. So getting started earlier makes everything easier when it comes to your personal finances. What else is essential is budgeting. And I know when Kari mentioned it, she said, you might be afraid to hear this, but budgeting is really essential. And she did specifically talk about something that I like to talk about, and that's tracking your expenses. Tracking your expenses can be something that I think can be very eye-opening. When you get started tracking it, like Kari said, you're not going to realize that there's some places where you're spending so much money. It's going to be very eye-opening for you. And I really highly recommend everyone to just start tracking. If you're afraid to budget, just start tracking your expenses. And I think it's going to naturally give you a couple places where you can make your money do a little bit better for you. So start tracking and then move into budgeting. I also mentioned, what if you really don't like budgeting? There is there alternatives for it? Well, there are. There's one that I really like to share, and it's called the anti-budget. The anti-budget is where you set aside the money that you want to save. You make sure to hit your goals first. And essentially, it's just saving first. And then with the anti-budget, once you save first and you're all done with that, you can spend the rest of it. You're giving yourself an allocation to spend and saying, here you go, spend all of it. And that's okay because you've taken care of your goals and make sure you hit where you need to. So budgeting can be kind of a tricky subject to navigate, but there are alternatives. So if you really, really hate budgeting, start with tracking your expenses. That can get you the little bit of motivation that you need. And then look at the alternatives because they do exist. And I guarantee you're going to find one that'll work for you. The next thing I think you can take away from today's episode is direct deposit. I mentioned that it's underrated and that's because it's a little commonplace, which is great. Honestly, it should be more commonplace. We should never have someone getting paid in the form of a check or some sort of debit card. You should have direct deposit set up so that your money can go to the places where it can reach your goals. Direct deposit is honestly the easiest form of automation. And it is automation. So if you say, I don't know how to automate my finances, I don't know how to do all that fancy stuff where money's just automatically moving around, direct deposit is automation. It's a simple form of it, but it's a very powerful form of automation. Because let's think about it. Money going into your 401k from your paycheck, that's automation. Money going to pay taxes right away from your direct deposit, that's automation. All those other things that get paid for you, like health insurance, benefits, and things like that, that's automation. It's taking things off your plate. Just consider those four or five things from the different tax categories on your pay stub and think about if you had to pay those yourself. It'd be a little bit more stressful. You'd have some very important bills that you had to make sure to pay. So why don't we consider our savings account one of those very important bills? I don't know. And that's one way that automation can help is you can put it in that out of mind, out of sight savings account and save yourself some real money by using this light form of automation that's very available for pretty much everyone in the form of direct deposit. So if you take one thing away from this episode about automation, it's to go get your direct deposit set up and make sure that it's working for you with your 401k and some sort of savings in the background. Speaking of the 401k, I hope you caught mention that every single time the 401k comes up, the employer match comes up, which is going to go great with the video that I did about two weeks ago about the 401k. So be sure to go and check that video out. And it's where I talk a little bit more in depth about what is the employer match? What do you do with a 401k? How do you invest it? What do you do when you leave your employer? There's some great conversation in that episode that I share from multiple episodes coming into one great piece of content. So go head over to YouTube and search for Money Talk with Skylar Fleming and find my video about the 401k. But I also want to turn your attention a little bit to what we talked about with emergencies. And I hope you caught when we shared that emergencies really don't have to be emergencies when you're a little bit prepared. The example I shared was one about a TV. This is one that happened directly to my wife and I. We One day I just went and turned the TV on and there was this 
big colorful line down the center of our TV. No reason why the TV wasn't hit by anything. It had just worn out over a few years or something like that. I still don't really know what happened. It just went out. So that kind of sucks. We like to watch our TV. My wife and I like to watch our TV shows with each other, but what were we going to do? Our TV went out. We wanted a TV, so we went out and bought one. We found a cheap TV that we could afford very easily, went out and bought it that same day, set it up that same night, and we were back watching TV. Now, a lot of people might think that if their TV went out, that's a huge emergency. And I'm very lucky to be in a position where I can just go out and buy the TV that I want, albeit it was a cheap TV and we made sure to save money on it. But by having some sort of emergency fund set up, some sort of savings set up, it was very easy to say, yep, here's the money and let's go get the TV. So having that emergency fund in place can turn an emergency into a mere inconvenience. Flat tires, yeah, that really sucks, but it doesn't have to hit your bank account as hard as it hits all the other factors. Because maybe you have to miss a day of work. That really sucks because you can't get there because you have a flat tire. But if you also don't have to miss a day of work and then get credit card interest and then take out a loan or something to cover that flat tire repair or tire replacements or something like that, your emergency fund is going to allow you to keep it very simple and makes your life a whole lot easier. But let's talk about the money talking points next. The first money talking point is where do you feel you should be with your money? And this is one that I kind of want you to reflect on. Where do I feel like I should be with my money? I'm always pushing my wife to let us invest more. That's just where I like to stand on where we should be with our money. I like to be invested. I want to be putting money in investments so I can take advantage of that time. But my wife wisely reminds me that we also have to enjoy what we're doing now. So where do you feel like you should be with your money? Is there a point you feel like you're almost to and you need to get to? Or do you feel like you need to get out of debt? This is one that can cause some great money talks with friends. So go have this conversation and be like, hey, where do you feel like you should be with your money? Is there something that you feel like you need to be doing? And then you can both learn about it together. How awesome would that be for you both to figure out, hey, we need to get to this point with our finances. And then you go on that journey together. That's awesome. The second money talking point is where do you feel like you're lacking control with your money? This can be in a lot of places. This can be in spending. This can be in investing. This can be maybe your work isn't secure. And so that's putting some financial strain on your finances. So think about where you lack control and then go learn a little bit about how to get that control or shoot me an email. I'd be happy to talk about your financial situation with you and maybe even have you on as a guest, which I'm going to talk about as we wrap up today's episode. As we wrap up this money talk with Kari, it's clear that the journey to financial empowerment begins early and quickly. So make sure you get started early and build those robust money habits. We've explored the fundamental role of budgeting, the power of saving first, the practical steps to organize your finances, whether it includes a 401k, setting clear financial goals, utilizing technology wisely. Each topic we discussed is a compass that's gonna help you guide your life towards financial success. And remember that emergencies don't have to be these big events in your life. They can be mere inconveniences. And that's only when you have a proper emergency fund and you're armed with that organization that you learned about in today's episode. You can overcome the common pitfalls of financial management and personal finances, learn from your mistakes and get started small. Make sure you go and share today's episode and have a money talk with a friend about it so you can both learn and do better with money together. Thank you so much for each one of you for listening to today's episode of Money Talk with Skyler Fleming. I'm looking to start connecting with my audience more And that means I want to have money talks with you. No matter what your financial story is, whether it's something big or something small, 
I want to hear from everyday people and talk to you about how you learned about money, how you manage your money, and what you do with your money that really makes it so much fun. And that's what's so fun to talk about so that we can all learn about money together. Let me know if you want to come on the podcast or if you know someone who would be a great guest by sending me an email. My email's in the show notes or it's moneytalk at skylarfleming.com. And I'm looking forward to hearing from some of you, but also be sure to head over to YouTube and check out the extra content that I'm putting together that's based around some of the topics that stand out from each episode. Thank you for listening to Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. I'm your host, Skylar Fleming. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. This show is provided for informational and entertainment purposes and may not be specific to your unique situation. Please be sure to do additional research before making any financial decisions.